Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom. My name is Aisha. I had so much fun having Tyler on my podcast last week or a couple weeks ago now and I thought why not make it exciting and start a season of guest speakers on my podcast. So today I have a very special guest. Her name is Taya. If you are someone who isn't familiar with me as a person, um, then you might not know Taya. Taya is my best friend. She's currently my roommate. She's a creator, uh, entrepreneur, <laughs> and um, a pretty cool person. So maybe I'll have Taya speak to, speak to that. Who are you, Taya? Mm. This question <laughs> is a lot for me. Um, currently, right now, I am a girl. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Um, I'm in school. I'm gonna be a teacher, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning photography at the moment. I'm writing, always writing in my journals. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> yeah, that's me. Yeah, figuring it out. Writer, teacher, student, mm-hmm. photographer, figuring it out. I think yeah. that's what we're all trying to figure out. You know, being in our twenties, we're like trying to figure. Yeah, all those things out. I think I'm just riding the wave. I mean, I was telling you last night about that podcast I was listening to. Yeah. About how every year of your 20s, you're a whole new identity. Yeah. For a lot of people. And I think that's really true for me. Yeah. Every year, I'm just somebody new. Honestly, like, if I reflect back on a, on a year where I was, it definitely feels like a whole other person or a whole new identity. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, 100% resonate with that. Yeah. So, absolutely. I think it's hard to... It's like, who are you right now? Maybe it's not who are you, but who are you right now? Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. I forgot to show you this video. Me and my friend in first year university, we recorded ourselves talking about our year and how much we have changed. Oh, yeah. And it's super funny watching me because that's now, I guess, almost four years ago. Yeah. And... I was sitting at this windowsill talking about my life and I said, you know, I feel that you've never really discovered yourself, but now you know who you are and maybe you won't be this person for that long, but you know who you are right now. And that's really cool, Taya. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's funny. It was funny. So I guess I, this topic or this today's topics of our conversation I kind of wanted to go into um you know talking about your passions your story maybe a bit about our friendship uh leading into breakups and also talking about manifestation because this is something you know I talk about this a lot in like life coaching on my Instagram manifestation on my Mm -hmm. podcast but you're probably someone who introduced me to this so should we start with it sure let's start with it so okay manifestation. I heard about this topic when this one summer, Taya comes to live in the house, we first become roommates, and she basically just starts talking and going on about the law of attraction. (laughs) She's like, what you are is what you attract, and what you believe is what you attract, and I was like, what is she talking? What drugs is she on? And it was so interesting, and basically started going off about how to manifest and yeah 
I don't know. Do you want to speak to that? <laughs> yeah. That was a crazy summer for me. I was definitely on some sort of high. Yeah. Whenever I think back to this that summer, it was probably one of my most memorable summers. It was the year of COVID. Mm-hmm. I was working at a janitorial company that sucked. This was 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. I hated my job. I was kind of not really happy and I was for the first time very aware that I wasn't happy yeah um like extremely unhappy from previous times in your life like what made you feel that you actually were able to have that realization because a lot of people don't even realize that they are unhappy I I think it was because I was displaying my emotions a lot and Mm. I wasn't able to keep them in and I think when I was younger I was able to not feel things as much. Right. Say if I felt really sad about a situation, yeah. I could cover it up quite easily. Okay. Or I'd just bounce to a new situation or maybe I'd focus that more on somebody else. Um say in a relationship or something. Yeah. But I think this summer I was very aware of what was going on and how it wasn't good for me and I needed to leave. Right. And I needed I think a big thing, too, is that we had this house already rented out. Yeah. So it was an easy way for me to leave Kitimat and leave my situation and come here and have a whole new mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. There was a really easy way out for me. Yeah. So, yeah, driving here with, with my best friend Morgan and coming and just in that little wagon <laughs> Jeep that she drove... We were just on some sort of high. Yeah. I swear to God, I could not stop smiling that whole entire trip. And then we got here and I first started to learn about synchronicities. Yeah. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. How do you... I don't know if it's synchronicities or synchronicities. I call them synchronicities, but you can call them synchronicities. Yeah. Well, I was having (coughs) a ton of those. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I was working at this painting company. So what are those? Can you explain what they are? Okay, yeah, so synchronicities are very meaningful coincidences. Right. So, for example, my ex was singing a song to me. Uh Uh-huh. It was We Are Young. Right. That night. And I woke up in the morning, I went into my painting van, I turned on the radio, and that song was playing. Yeah. It's a crazy synchronicity. Because, and it's a coincidence really, but it's only meaningful to me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's not so much a coincidence, it's just very meaningful to the person that's it's happening Experiencing to. Experiencing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So all summer it was just these wild synchronicities. Yeah, I get them all the time too. It's like talking about red birds and then I go outside and that's all I can see. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Whether it was, like, the conversation was meaningful before, and then these are, like, the signs that you needed. Like, you're asking for a sign, and then that's kind of maybe the synchronicity, or... I don't know. Like, there's so many ways I imagine that people could believe in it and approach it, but absolutely. Yeah, it it happens all the time. But I feel that they happen more when I'm feeling really good in my life. Okay. If yeah. I'm not in the best, if I'm in an area of my life that's very stagnant, I don't get a lot of synchronicities. Yeah. Or maybe they're happening and I'm not aware of them. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah. 
I manifested this house, this house with a whole synchronicity in a way. Yeah, you should tell the story about that. Yeah, so my friend from university was seeing this girl who invited us to this house. And we all came into this house. This was first year university. Yeah, I automatically was in love with it. I loved the bay windows, white walls, super old school. I think just the energy of this house. I yeah. knew I was going to live in this house. Yeah. And then one of the roommates that was living here, one of the girls gave me a tour and took me up into my room, which was used to be her room. And I must have been really drunk because I just blurted out, this is going to be my room. Right. And now I'm living in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. And my yeah. bedroom's amazing. I have these bay windows with um, places to sit by the window mm -hmm. where I put my books and ocean view. Yeah, I love this house. And this house, I swear to God, ever since that summer, I grew up in this house. We all kind of grew up in this house. Yeah, absolutely. This house has been, you know, first of all... It's really fun to be recording this podcast. I feel like we're closing the circle of this mm -hmm. place because I am planning to move out. Tay is planning to move out. Going, mm -hmm. I'm moving in with my boyfriend. She's moving in, moving to another country. Mm -hmm. But we get to kind of reminisce and talk about it. And this house was, I think, the first place for me where I actually felt fully safe mm -hmm. to be myself, to create friendships, to discover and just really make it my own space. Yeah. Um, it has offered so much of that. And we all did really grow up. Like, it's been three years. But during these three years, I feel like I've aged double that. Yeah. For sure. In, like, maturity and perspective and growth as a whole. Yeah. It's been a really cool experience. Yeah. This house... <laughs> from the outside you would think this house is like haunted or something it's like the witchy house yeah. big windows not sure who's living in it but then when you come in it's like light and airy this house you always know who's in it or who's not in it because mm -hmm. it's the walls are so thin everything's so thin but everyone's just together in the house always yeah it's a very interesting house sometimes <laughs> Um, I think I made a comment with Joss, who is our old roommate, about how one day we wonder if we'll all end up here again. Really? Yeah, I wonder if we'll all end up here again, just even momentarily, you know? Interesting. Even if I was to, you know, it needed a place to stay for a few months and I stay in the spare bedroom. Yeah. Or I feel like this house is always going to be a part of us for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. It's but. definitely created that sort of impact, for sure. Yeah. So this house was a manifestation of you just really wanting the room. It started with the room, the house. Yeah. And then... Maybe it wasn't even a manifestation, but maybe I was always supposed to be in this house. Right. Which... Well, it must have been that way. It yeah, played it must out have that way. Yeah. Because it really did work out that way. I We were looking for a three-bedroom place, and then one other person wanted to join, so we needed four bedrooms, which would be difficult. Yeah. And I'm on Kijiji, and posted three hours ago was this house. Yeah. So Immediately I, messaged the people in the house? Yeah. Oh my god, your house is up for rent. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> it's all about 
connections. It is all about connections. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel that that summer was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, living in this house. So how has this belief in manifestation, syn- synchronicities, uh, maybe mindset perspective, how has this impacted your mental health or, or mindset? I think I think it makes life more enjoyable. Yeah. It makes it more exciting. Right. For me. Even writing everything down, all the things that I want in my life to happen, writing down questions in my journals and being able to reflect on it and see what manifestations came true, what was right for me, what wasn't right for me. Yeah. Even on my world map in my bedroom right now, I have sticky notes of all the places I wanted to move to in September 2023. <clears throat> and I have Australia, Thailand, Portugal. London, I think, is otherwise. And London, yeah. So four places that I was considering moving to. And which is already a manifestation in itself. Now I'm moving to Australia. Yeah. And it's crazy that I had pinpointed that place almost a year ago. Yeah, it was also really cool... It's really cool to, like, set in the intention and, like, begin manifestation. Yeah. But then you actually, when you do that, you write it down, you make a visual of some sort. Yeah. You almost start to, like, nail out or really figure out what it is exactly that's going to work out for you. Yeah. And the signs will kind of come into play. Because yeah. we were entertaining the idea of going to London at one point. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. Yeah. You were entertaining Portugal for quite a bit too Mm -hmm. for some reason that didn't feel like it was gonna work out no and then australia comes along and you know friends that are going Mm -hmm. and then the signs go align they reach out to you and it just so happens that it works out yeah and i think that's one big thing i learned about manifestation or is really not to put so much pressure on it yeah i think that was big for me me really trying to manifest something and even Australia right now. I'm moving there, but I haven't put a lot of pressure on this whole idea of it. Yeah. I'm not consumed with this idea. I'm not obsessing about this idea. Yeah. What's it going to look like? How's it going to be? Mm. Um, and I never have been really. It really just flowed quite naturally how I got the job, um, who I'm moving in with. All that stuff was very natural for me. Yeah. Whereas thinking about London or Portugal, I put so much pressure on it. Do you think that when you put pressure on it or you feel that sense of control that it could be a sign that it's not for you? Yeah, I kind of do think that. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's supposed to just flow. Even thinking back to this house, I wasn't obsessed or possessive. Like, I need to live in this house. Yeah. You know, I walked into the room that one party three years before I even moved here and said, you know, I want to live here. Yeah. But I wasn't every day saying, I'm going to live in that house. I'm going to live in that house. Yeah. It just so happened. Yeah. But it was a manifestation that I just let out and it appeared back to me. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like a synchronicity in a way. One time, a few summers ago, when I first started having all my synchronicities, Mm -hmm. I said out loud, I really want pizza walk down to work and they brought pizza to work yeah out of all the times i wasn't expecting pizza you know i I wanted it but i you know yeah i wasn't putting pressure on me needing to have pizza it just appeared how about the airpod yes and the airpod (laughs) 
you know, I lost my AirPod. It was really sad, and I put so much pressure on it. I think I thought about that AirPod in my dreams <laughs> for months. <laughs> and then I forgot about it, and I didn't give a shit about my, my AirPod. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it appeared at the gym. <laughs> I got my AirPod back. Wow. Six months later. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I don't know. So the lesson from this is if the manifestation feels clingy, it feels controlling, possessive, <clears throat> it is probably not for you. Yeah. If it feels like it's flowing, you put it out to the world, you're able to let go of it. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest thing, too, is just being able to let go. Yeah. Let go, let go, let go consistently. Mm-hmm. Let it flow to you when you let go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I struggle with the most, really, is letting go. Right. So I, I think, As we all do, honestly. Yeah. Right. Letting go is probably one of the hardest things to do, but the most beneficial. Yeah. So, how has this, you know, it's impacted your mental health in a positive way. Yeah. It's given you a sense of belief. Yeah. And it feels good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It is awesome. I, I know it gave me a sense of belief because when you would come home with such positive energy, mm-hmm. this was when I was really struggling mentally. Yeah. This was where I was in a really tough place and I feel that coming home to this energy of like, attra- attracted you are, like I was kind of, I was ready to feed into <laughs> it because I was had nothing else that I was believing in or feeling good about. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to play into this. And yeah. as I did, things started to get a little better. Yeah. And then they kind of went their own pace, and then I really started to think about it again. Yeah. And then, yeah, now it helps me. It's like a religious, spiritual practice. Yeah. Well, I feel that it gives you answers and makes you... I was really obsessed with that summer, and I still am with full circles. Yeah. So it makes it feel that you create a meaning towards something in a way you you have a full circle you know from wanting something yeah wanting this house kind of forgetting about it yeah. and then coming back and now I'm living in this house it's a f- yeah. whole full circle yeah absolutely to give some context to the listeners i want them to know a bit about our past <laughs> okay <laughs> and how we got to this point of being a couple of uh Spiritual manifestors, I don't even know how you would describe us as people sometimes, Yeah, that just do their own thing. And, you know, how did we get there? Where did we start? Um, Yeah. What's your perspective of this story? Um, I think I was very unaware of everything. (laughs) Yeah. When I was younger, especially, I probably didn't start becoming very aware until may- really that summer. I think that sometimes when you go through something or your life changes quite dramatically in a sense, mm-hmm. or you experience anxiety really mm-hmm. deeply for the first time, or you experience depression for the first time, yeah, it's when you, uh, for me, you become really aware of feelings yeah. and aware of life and, and living because I think for years you know I, I was always having fun I had a lot of I was hanging out with my friends doing a lot of things <clears throat> I was drinking a lot 
having the time of my life, but I was really unaware of how I was feeling. So a lot of those times when I was drinking, I would black out and cry because mm-hmm. all this built up emotions mm-hmm. that I wasn't aware of that were happening to me mm-hmm. were unable to reveal themselves. Yeah, and I also struggled with that for years as well. Yeah. Was that blacking out when we were drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not condone underage drinking. <laughs> um, we grew up in a very small town, and I don't think there was rules. Like, no. No. Unconscious awareness and some crazy weird things that happened. Yeah. But yeah, that blacking out and just never understanding that it was okay to feel emotion. Yeah. And that's actually what created our friendship. Yeah. Was expressing emotions while we were drunk. Yes, that was actually. Yeah. But it was just like you were so sad. And I remember I was really trying to comfort you. Yeah. And you go, I don't even know what you said. We can be friends. Like, I don't even know what it was. I but think I probably said, thanks for being a friend or something. Thanks for being a friend. Ever since then, friends. Yeah. <laughs> brothers. <laughs> We're now brothers. <laughs> Potentially cousins. We actually do come from the same uh, small island. Yeah. In Portugal. So we might be cousins. I think we are. Yeah. So... Yeah, conscious awareness. So it takes conscious awareness in order to believe in these things, create these things for yourself in your life. Yeah, and I think when I came home that summer, <clears throat> you were in the dark place that you were talking about before, and mm-hmm. I was in this super hyped-up energy, mm-hmm. and that's when I started to believe in synchronicities and all that, but then kind of right when you came out of yours, mm-hmm. I went into a really dark place. Yeah. And I think what pulled me out of it was I think it was the awareness of my mind and learning like wow I can manifest and you know things are really happening for me and all these full circles everywhere and Mm -hmm. life's I used to wake up every morning and say another day in paradise I was on cloud nine every day it was crazy nothing could phase me yeah um but then I think when I went into a dark place I didn't know how to control that awareness when it got sad or dark or Mm. when I started to become really aware of my anxiety because I became aware of what real happiness and what real joy was like for me. Right. But not being aware of, okay, now I'm going to be aware of anxiety and depression and these really dark Mm. thoughts and these dark places inside of me. Because you had not felt those before. No. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wow. So it brought you to that. Yeah. What allowed you to actually feel on cloud nine? Like, I, I know that we talked about how you were in a relationship right before you chose to leave Kitabai and come here. Mm-hmm. So was it also a part of it, like, limiting yourself from that relationship that felt liberating and, like, you were back in control? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was me making choices for me and for myself, mm-hmm. knowing that something wasn't right, didn't feel right, and I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. So say that relationship, and then, you know, saying, I don't want to work at this shitty janitorial place. Yeah. And I want to leave Kinemat, and I want to go to Nanaimo. So that was my own choice. Yeah. My own independency to just do my own thing, and I think that kind of 
got me on cloud nine because I realized right. I could make choices for myself. Yeah. And do it. I think whenever I make big choices for myself, even say going to university, that whole year, <clears throat> my first year at university was cloud nine too. Yeah. I was making friends that I've never made friends with before. Yeah. I was experiencing all these different things and I probably will go through another period of cloud nine when I move to Australia. Yeah. Because that was my own choice. I'm going to travel there by myself. Yeah. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's also going to be surreal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What is something that you have learned from leaving small town and stepping out into a new place? You know, now it feels like you've been here a while. It's familiar now at this point. Yeah. I imagine. But what do you think that... What has been the biggest learning lesson from taking that step? I think the learning lesson for me is that I'm always nervous about feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Even, say, in my teaching practicum right now, yeah. I hate not knowing what I'm doing. And I hate that it doesn't feel comfortable yet. But I actually strive in situations that are uncomfortable. Why do you think that is? I think it's because I'm really good at making friends. And I'm good at talking to people, and I'm, I actually get comfortable quite easily. <clears throat> it's just hard for me to settle. Even when I start a new job, I'm super uncomfortable. But then I become friends with the entire staff. Yeah. And then I become comfortable. Right. So I think it's always, I can trust myself in situations that may feel uncomfortable and know that I'll be okay, and I'm, I'm going to feel comfortable at some point. Okay type of idea. So you learned that through taking that step, uncomfortability was probably like the biggest mm -hmm. maybe barrier or part of taking that step, but then through creating friendships and connections, mm -hmm. you've learned to create familiarity and comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that about myself until I just said that. <laughs> That's all about it. Finding your freedom on this podcast. <laughs> Learning something new. That's the whole purpose of it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so, you know, what are you proud of having accomplished throughout mm. these past few years? These times of growth. Mm. You know, you're going to set off on a new adventure. So what are you proud of having accomplished for yourself? Um, I'm really proud of my journaling. Yeah. So I've always loved to journal since I was probably, oh my, I don't know. As soon as I could write, I was writing, yeah. journaling, documenting everything. But in high school, I wasn't doing it all that often un unless something major happened. So, right. I, so <laughs> I don't know who said this quote, but some people say you write best when you're falling in love or you're falling out of love. Right. And I think that was big for me in high school and throughout my first years of university. I found myself writing a lot during when I had a new attraction to somebody or I was falling out of a relationship. I was writing a lot or a huge situation would happen um, that was just dramatic as hell and I needed to write it down. Yeah. <clears throat> but other than that, I wasn't continuously writing. I wasn't writing every day. It might be once every month it was you know it wasn't consistent at all but when I moved into this house that summer I started to write every single day right 
and now I have, I don't know how many journals, maybe 25 filled. journals filled mm -hmm. just with my thoughts and I can finish a 200 page journal in a month. Yeah. Just constantly writing, writing, writing. And I think I'm really proud of myself for making that a consistent routine in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment because even now, if someone was to ask me, you know, what's your most prized possessions, it would be those journals. Right. What are you grabbing in a fire? Yeah, it's what the are you journals. Grabbing? Yeah, it's the journals. Yeah. Because even I read myself a year ago, and it is insane to think about my mind at that time. Yeah. And I can't wait until I'm, you know, 30 reading my journals, 40 reading my journals. Yeah. 50 reading my journals. Well, I remember when Matthew McConaughey came out with his book, right? Yeah. Green Lights. And he said that he had kept his journals throughout the years and he decided to document it in a book. I 100% yeah. see that for you. Oh, yeah. Wanting to make a story out of some of these. Yeah. Whether it's the really positive and then almost how you've taken a journey through your life. Yeah. And you've been able to document that through your writing. And I, it's a really cool thing to be able to have for yourself. I think so, too. I think it's a cool thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. I wish... Everyone should have a journal. Oh, I think if we're going to jump on a trend in the next five years, because I need some time to write this thing... I know. I hope it's a trend that every person just writes a memoir. I know. You know what? Everyone's been on these Colleen Hoover books. Yes. <laughs> They're like, reading's trendy. It should be writing about your life that's trendy. Like, yeah. write about your life. Yeah. 100%. Because it is so interesting. It is. And I find it really interesting to read about other people's lives. It's almost one of the only things I feel that you can actually track from the past. Like, we don't have any proof that the past exists. Yeah. Just like we don't have the, the proof that the future exists, right? Yeah. But you have the past and your past experiences documented in a journal. Mm -hmm. It feels like it exists. Yeah. It does. It's very interesting. And I think that, you know, you have photos and videos, but they don't do it justice. Because I look at photos when I was, I don't know, 19. And I look extremely happy. But was I happy? Because if I read my journals, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they would say something else about right. me in that exact picture. That's you know? so true. Right? Or... It does. And I almost... Words almost create... Well, words do. That's why we have books. Yeah. Words create imagery. Yeah. They create imagery. And all, sometimes, if you're also a really... Uh, you're good at imagery and you're good at reading, you can almost hear the words. Yeah. And you can hear the words. Especially if it's in your own voice. Yeah. They're your words. You can hear your... Them... And you can visualize where you were. And I, that you don't get a, that experience from a photo. No, you don't. There's no story in it. No. I mean, there's a story that you create, but it's not. you don't know if it's the true story. Mm-hmm. Which is probably the truest thing about that. Yeah. So these journals are prized possessions. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, I the one thing I've been struggling with lately is I don't know where to put them when I move yeah. to Australia. Yeah. Because after Australia, I don't know where I'll be. Yeah. So I have to leave them somewhere with somebody that I really trust and they cannot yeah. lose them. Yeah. And I'm really struggling with who to give them to. Yeah. Because I could give them to you, but what if you move in a year, you know? Yeah. And I could give them to my dad. 
I don't know. I'm really stressed out about it. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't care if people read them, but I just don't want oh anyone gosh, to read them. Oh my gosh, who's going to read them? No one should read those. Those are no. private property. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think anyone will read them, but anyways, yeah. I'm proud of my journals. I'm proud of... Um... I'm proud of my photography. Yeah. I think um, that was big for me to, my whole photography journey has been kind of there. I was reading something about how um, your passions are always there, presenting themselves mm. in different ways. Ooh. So say when we went to Costa Rica. Yeah. And I got a photog I got a camera. Yeah. From our photography teacher, in high school. Yeah. And we were doc. I wanted to take so many photos, and everyone was like, "Teo, I don't know why you want so many photos." Yeah. But it was because I was obsessed with it. Yeah. I loved capturing it. I loved, um, posing people. I loved the aesthetic look. I don't know. Yeah. I've always loved it, and I forgot about it. And even when I was younger. I was always asking to take photos. I was always asking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always been obsessed with it, actually. Well, in high school, you were one of the people who always had their phone out. Oh, yeah. Trying to take videos and pictures. Yeah. And, yeah, constantly wanting to document. Yes. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. And I think even first year university, I started creating uh, vlogs. Yes. And I the loved vlogs. those. You know, they were super funny. Yeah. And then me and Zoe were getting on the vlogs. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just funny. And yes. they're so fun to watch. And I think it's... Yeah, anything where you could document your life, I'm obsessed with. Yes. I think that's my passion. I think... Oh, I, I actually figured it out once. I really like storytelling. Yeah. I think that's my passion. Okay. Whether it's through photography or... Films or writing. I like storytelling. Love that. I can also see how you could incorporate storytelling into education. Or how oh, yes. how education could be a part of that as well. Yeah. Or how you saw that being something to follow. Yeah. Is it's a it is a form of storytelling when you're an educator. Mm-hmm. You 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 create story for kids' lives almost. Yeah. Or become a part of theirs. Yes. How and, cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And when they Kids are the greatest storytellers in the world, oh, I yeah. think, because they're just mini geniuses and they don't care what they say and they don't have an idea of structure or how a story is supposed to be told. Yeah. So their stories are hilarious and yeah, so interesting. So yeah, I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a teacher. A big reason was because I wanted to share my passion of writing yeah. and storytelling and I wanted an exchange of that too. I wanted to see the passion in them and see what they could create. Yeah. It's yeah. inspiring. Yeah. The last thing that I wanted to touch on today was something that I'm really proud of you having accomplished mm -hmm. is having been almost a year. I guess it's almost, it's been a year. Almost a year. Almost a year. Right? Yeah. Without having a boyfriend. Yes, this is gonna be another hour. <laughs> you have had, been, is it, has it been almost a year or two? One. One year. Yeah, one one year. year. Without a boyfriend. Yeah. I have known you for 
<laughs> grade eight. How old are you in grade eight? Like thirteen. Yeah. I've known you for almost ten years now. Yeah. And over the past ten years, this has been the fir- first time I've seen you single for this long. Yes. So one year, you know, what have you learned from this experience? Mm. Okay, so, oh my gosh, I've learned so much. I think when I first came out of my last relationship, um, I remember being in San Francisco and I had wanted to go to San Francisco for so long and I I was just thinking about this trip all the time and I was Mm. there and I was sad. I was so sad and I remember looking at couples and just feeling pissed off and hearing like you and Josh love doesn't exist yeah you guys talking about your relationships and feeling pissed off and um I was reading eat pray love at the time by (laughs) Elizabeth Gilbert which is probably the best breakup book to ever read yeah and I came to this page um in the book and I remember I kind of started crying on the Bart in San Francisco I feel like I remember this yeah, and I think I read it to you guys. Right. And I couldn't stop reading over this page, and it was basically her talking about how she'd never been alone in her life, and she's never really experienced true loneliness, and how her entire life has just been giving herself to boys or men, and just this cycle of boys and the only way that she was able to fall out of love with somebody was to fall into love with somebody else Mm. and I realized my circles and my cycles yeah of my relationships was I never was really getting over somebody or getting over what happened at the that relationship I was just jumping into something new yeah to always avoid so I think that was big for me And I remember telling myself after this breakup that I really needed to be by myself. And, you know, I had some people come into my life and my walls were just up really high and I I really didn't want to have a relationship with anybody. Yeah. And I still don't. Yeah. You know? I think right now I'm on this fun journey where... I'm learning about bittersweet relationships right. and how, you know, you could really love somebody and you can unmask each other, but it doesn't have to be something that's possessive or it doesn't have to be yeah. something that's going to last a long time or I'm not going to commit to my, my life with you and now, you know, you're moving to Australia with me and, you know, we're combining our lives. It could just be something short and sweet and we'll still learn a lot about each other yeah yeah I don't know I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned after this breakup was it kind of changed my views on love yeah because I always thought when I was younger I would stay with people for a really long time even though I know in a way that it wasn't really working out anymore yeah was because I believed so strongly that you know you love somebody forever and you marry them And I really wanted that. I wanted to meet somebody and I wanted to be with them for years and years and, you know, look back when we're 40 and say, oh my God, I can't believe we we met when we were 22 and, you know, but I think sometimes love is just not supposed to be like that. Yeah. 
It's different for everyone. Yeah. And I think for me personally, I would rather have a bunch of little love stories than one long one. Yeah. For me. That's kind of where I'm at in my life now. Wow. Which is interesting. I'd rather just meet someone, kind of feel it, and say, okay, maybe I'm in love with this person and maybe it's not going to last, but I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And, you know, it ends and take it for what it is and be alone again and meet somebody else. Maybe what we have wrong is just the idea of age. Because even if you were to meet someone when you're 27, 32, Mm -hmm. you're still expecting that you're gonna have a long relationship yeah like if you meet that person that you choose Mm -hmm. to want to do that with you're still gonna you had a bunch of little loves but you also still get a long one yeah exactly right yeah and I think that will come for me I also just think I'm really not ready for commitment Mm -hmm. and it was really funny I I got into this situation this past year um and I remember crying to my dad, talking about whatever happened, and he just said, Taylor, you're not ready for commitment. Yeah. You're really just not ready. Yeah. So stop trying. Right. You know? Why am I trying to commit to people and make these compromises when I'm just not ready? Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to... To be by myself and live my life and yeah and it's also mean Mm -hmm. to another person I think that's what I can reflect on in my last relationship Mm -hmm. I remember I was talking to somebody and I was saying oh yeah well my partner's gonna move here and then we're gonna be here for a few months and then you know he's gonna move to Kinemat with me and then from Kinemat we're gonna go move to you know London and then maybe we'll move here and she was kind of like but what about him in this situation, you know? Yeah. Like, what, does he want to do this? Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't really care. I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my decision. Yeah. yeah. And she said, well, I don't know about that then. Yeah. And I think that was big for me to realize, you know, I also can't just expect people to want to live this crazy life with me. And, yeah. You know, and I don't want to put someone through it unless they actually, you know, I meet someone one day that has this exact same life plan as me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think I have a lot of growing to do before I get into a committed relationship again. Mm -hmm. But I'll fall in love with everybody all the time. I love love, love. I love love. Quote, Taya's quote. I think where I want to leave it is actually the other day I had someone message me and I've gotten, you know, I always really appreciate when people DM me on Instagram and say, you know, they're inspired by what I post or they just really enjoy what I have to share. And this podcast has also become a platform where people have found some inspiration or enjoy some of the words that I've said. Um, But I want to leave it with a ticket of wisdom because someone had reached out to me and said that they have been really struggling with a breakup and that they enjoyed something that I shared on, on my podcast and on my on my Instagram. So what is, for someone who's been through a lot of breakups, who's been through healing in that journey, you know, what is something that you want to leave as advice for someone who is struggling with a breakup or struggling to understand love or heal from that? I think you need to find a really good friend. 
I think that was major for me. Throughout all my breakups, I never realized how my friends were always there for me. Yeah. After my breakups. And I think because I've been through so many relationships, I never really understood how powerful friendships can be. Yeah. And how much they can actually feel like a relationship and kind of replace that empty space of um, a partner. Yeah. So I think my advice is just to really be with your friends. Yeah. I think that was something that really helped me through my last relationship was just having friends and having is community. There, is there something, you know, having friends and having community is important, but is there something that really sticks out to you that's important to have within the quality of these friends? Or the characteristics? Like, what do they need to give you in order to know that there's someone who's really valuable? I think they need to inspire you. Mm -hmm. in a way that you could also see I'm big on partnership all the time and quality time mm -hmm. so for me my and you can also reflect on your love languages and kind of see well does this friend even meet my love language you know yeah like do they do they do things for me or do they hang out with me all the time yeah or you know do they they buy me lunch sometimes you know yeah and I think for me I really needed quality time yeah was huge for me so I was looking for somebody to just spend quality time with me and even if we weren't talking you know while we're hanging out but I could read beside this person yeah just the comfort of another person yeah. beside me but yeah I think the values are for me were always just I like just having a friend that I could talk to mm -hmm. about everything yeah and gain advice from and different perspectives from right I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, but positive. Yeah, positively. Yeah. Yeah, relation breakups are hard. They are hard. They're learning experiences. We'll always learn something. Yeah. Through, even through a breakup. Even through the most negative and shittiest of things to happen to you. Yeah. Or to anyone. There is always a lesson to be learned. Yeah, exactly. Something to learn for next time. Something to learn about yourself or about someone else. Yeah. Also, I really... Pamela Anderson said she enjoys falling out of love just as much as she likes falling in love. And yeah. I agree. I, my advice is honestly love that sadness. Read all the, the shittiest breakup books yeah. and watch all the breakup movies and listen to all the breakup songs and make them a playlist that's titled To You and it's just a bunch of songs. Yeah. And maybe he'll stalk your Spotify and he'll listen to them. And that's hilarious. And just, it's not hilarious, but it's just weather in it. It's all, honestly an experience. Yeah. A breakup is a really big experience and they suck and they're hard. But when you look back at it yeah. and you're not sad anymore, you appreciate them. Because also if you're not sad, then it, it didn't mean a lot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So just weather and the sadness. And sadness is a real human emotion. That is 100%. Yeah. Without sadness, we wouldn't be able to feel true happiness. We wouldn't be able to yeah. understand what joy is. Yeah. So. Live in it. Find the community. Yeah. Maybe use manifestation to attract what you need next in your life. We talked about manifesting, breakups, relationships, friendships. 
everything and I'm excited to leave it here today mm-hmm. and for all the listeners I appreciate you being here and I look forward to having a conversation in the next episode yeah lots of love bye